Do you know where your food comes from? Do you know how it's grown? Do you know the environmental impact of a banana? Do you know the journey of wool from a sheep to your jumper? What about how a t-shirt is made? This extra special Radio Greenside episode is devoted to our incredible spring term crew learning. We tackled the world-ready, globally-minded topic of sustainability in food and fashion. This crew topic was designed to inspire students' curiosity about how systems of food and fashion production are linked to climate change, and to ask perceptive questions, to think critically, weigh evidence, review, reflect, and analyze arguments, and develop perspective and judgment about things we consume and wear on a daily basis. Learning through geography, students built an understanding of the complexity of these systems on a local and global scale. And in this podcast, we will break it all down with eight key food and fashion focuses. Corn, rice, bananas, beef, wheat, cotton, fur, and wool. Listen carefully, because I am sure you'll learn a lot. Ethan, it's more than 30 I want to live in a better world. As tofu. But it's not just beef production. The Listen way to our voices. Crops, in particular, wheat, corn, monocrops like I that, like has an effect on biodiversity. This is future fashion. The most popular thing purchased in the UK. 12 million loaves a day we give our hard-earned... Reclaim the future of food. Reclaim the future of food. So right now, I am with some year one and two students to talk about corn Corn. and fur. We're going to focus on corn Corn. first. My first question for these year one and twos is, where did it originate? Mesoamerica. Amazing. And what is Mesoamerica? It's Mexico, but in the ancient times it used to be called Mesoamerica, and it's from North, and it's in North America. Okay, great. So does it need to be warm to grow corn? Yes. Amazing. And do you people know some problems that we have with growing corn right now? There's too many pesticides. Oh yeah, definitely, Kubir. And then my question for you, big, big world-ready question is, how can we help? By not using pesticides. And there's one more specific thing, and that was... Using Using the melper, which is when a when the runner when the runner bean and the squash and the the uh the corn right the corn all works together because the squash um pushes all the soil down and the the runner beans um gets all the nitrogen 
great, and that's the, a way better way of growing corn, yeah? Yes. Amazing. Now, we're going to talk about fur. So, same question, where did fur originate? It originated from the northern region, and they are, the countries that are from the northern region, uh, Canada, where Mr. Tilden and Miss Mora and Miss Vanderpass are from, and the other ones were Northern Russia, Iceland, Greenland, uh, the Arctic. Amazing. Okay, and what are the climate conditions? Does it need to be warmer or cold? Cold. Amazing. All right. Okay, but are there some problems with fur? What are some of the problems? They're killing too many animals. Okay, interesting. And and how can we help? We c- could use synthetic materials instead of fur. Oh, okay. And is there anything else we can do uh, to help with fur? Um, we could not like kill so much animals. What are some of those animals that we were killing? Um, like, uh, arctic fox, um, polar bears, like... Wow, okay, so we should probably stop doing that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Thank you so much, year one and twos. So here I am with some year threes to talk all about the sustainability of beef. And my first question for you, year threes, is... Uh, who are the biggest and, say, second biggest producers of beef? USA and Brazil. All right, incredible. And what uh, continent slash uh, hemisphere uh, is this in? The northern and southern, he- the southern hemisphere. Amazing. Okay. And uh, what are the key countries? It's Brazil and Argentina. Great. Okay. And, uh, well, what other countries produce beef? All over the world except Antarctica. Okay, amazing. And um, so we've got a good sense of where things are located now, but uh, what kind of climate is needed to produce beef? It's, um, uh, it's, it, it can't be too cold, it can't be too warm, just right in the middle. All right, yeah, so the Goldilocks zone, you could say. How is beef production impacting land use in South America? Well, because farmers are cutting down the Amazon rainforest so they have space for their cows. Okay, right. That's a big question and an amazing answer. That's a, it's a big problem down there, isn't it? And uh, how important is the beef trade to the world? It's really important because we use it a lot. Right, yeah, it's in a lot of things, isn't it? Uh, right, great. Uh, my final question is, and it's a big one, why is traditional slash regenerative farming better for beef, the planet, and, and us? Because um, we use beef for lots of things, and you shouldn't put cows in factories because when they poo, um, it just the methane goes up into the air, which is not good. But when they poo in the grass, um, the methane um, goes into the grass. That helps all the plants and grass um, grow healthier. 
great. And should they be, as you say, pooing on the same grass, or should they like rotate they, it? They should rotate so, um, until the grass grows back. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Year Threes. Amazing job. And now I'm here with some Year Three students and Year Four students to talk all about cotton. And for you, my first question is: Where did cotton originate? Um, cotton originated in India, Bangladesh, China, and USA. Wonderful. All right, so a few different countries. And uh, what continent or hemisphere is this in? And is it is it near the equator? Below Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, moving on, what key countries or, or major cities are involved in the production of cotton? Washington, New Delhi, and Dhaka. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. And uh, this next question is a big one. And it is, how do the climate conditions of this area uh, support growing cotton? Cotton needs subtropical or tropical humid climate conditions to support its growth. To grow, the soil needs to be 15 degrees Celsius. It needs to have air which is 21 to 37 degrees Celsius to produce a cotton fluff. Great. All right. Very thorough answer there, Magnus. Okay. And then the next question is, what type of plant does cotton come from? It comes from a cotton plant and and it is the fiber around the seed. Oh, okay, so it comes from a cotton plant, yeah? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, great, great, great. Let's move on, this is great. And um, what's, okay, this is also a big question. What land conditions are required to grow it? Lots of sun and lots of water and growth. All right, all right, lots of sun, lots of water to grow it. Amazing. All right, my next question then is, what is cotton used for? Um, cotton is used for lots of clothes and t-shirts. Great. All right, so you might say that some of us are wearing cotton right now, yeah? Great. Okay. Um, next question is a really, really big one. It's kind of why we're studying this, actually. And it is, how important is cotton to the global fashion industry. Priya? Cotton is very important to the fashion industry because everyone wears cotton, like our t-shirts are made out of it. And we rely on it. Wonderful. Well said. All right. So my next question then is, um, what are the links between cotton and the slave trade? Um, using slaves to pick cotton started a long time ago time ago but even today there are some examples for example in companies like zara they make people pick cotton but they hardly um give them any money mm, interesting okay all right and my, now my final question is what is the future looking like for cotton we need to grow cotton in a much um, better and sustainable way. And we um, need to recycle all our clothes that we don't use anymore. Great. Well said. Thank you so much, Year 3 and 4s. 
Now I'm here with a year four students to talk about bananas and sustainability. And my first question for these year four students is, where do bananas originate? Bananas originate in Asia and Africa, but we have been focusing on Africa. Okay, great, great, great. Let's get a let's get a sense of uh, what continent and hemisphere this is in, and and is it near the equator? Well, yes. Um, the equator runs through Africa, so half of it is in the southern hemisphere, and the other half is in the northern hemisphere. All right, brilliant, brilliant. Okay, and uh, what are some key countries or even cities in that area? They are Tanzania and Cameroon. All right, okay, amazing. And uh, okay, here's a big question. How do the climate conditions of this area support banana growth? The climate conditions of this area support growth because you at least need 27 to 30 degrees Celsius to grow a banana tree or and 85 inches of rain per year. All right, wonderful. Okay, all right. So thinking about years and seasons, my next question then uh, is, when are the best seasons for growth slash harvest? Well, in tropical regions, bananas can be harvested all year round. But I would, I think that the best season is spring. Okay, yeah, spring, spring's a pretty important season, I feel like, for a lot of, uh, a lot of crops. And uh, where exactly are bananas grown today, and how do the climate conditions support growth? Today, bananas are mainly grown in South America, um, Africa, and the Caribbean, and that's because that, those are the hottest continents because they're closest to the equator. Okay, great. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. And, uh, right, so what... You know, why, why really are bananas important? What is, how is it important uh, that we trade bananas all over the world? Banana trade is very important because people eat them all over the world. Great. Okay. All right. My final question is, I think, the biggest question, and it is, why is monocropping bananas bad for the planet and for us? Monocropping is bad for the planet because... If we only monocrop, we will only get to eat one banana. And we are putting the bananas at risk of getting disease, such as the Panama disease, which wiped out Big Mike, which was before our most eaten b banana. And All right, now, and what... Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what is the banana that we eat mostly today? What's it called? Um... The one which we eat mostly today is Cavendish. Great. And so do we mostly just grow that one banana? Yes. And that's bad for the soil and for the production of bananas because it's monocropping and that's that's not good, right? Yes. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Super thorough work on uh, bananas year fours. But my final question or rather uh, statement is I heard that one of us had a fun fact about bananas. Thank you. Yes. Fun fact, bananas are actually herbs. Really? Huh, interesting. Yes. All right, thank you, Year 4s. So now I'm here with some Year 5 students to talk about rice. And the usual first question is, where does rice originate? Rice originates in China. 
Okay, yeah, and uh, can you describe the location? Like, what are the geographical terms for that area? It's located in Asia. Great, and like, what, where specifically might it be near? China is located in the Northern Hemisphere and reaches down into the Tropic of Cancer. Okay, yeah, well said. Um, right, so what are some of the climate conditions that are needed to support its growth? Warm weather and rainfall for at or a water source. Great, okay, all right. And uh, what are some of the potential risks with growing um, rice on such a large scale? The soil will become less healthy and damaged because, it's, because it is constantly flooded. Mm, yeah, that doesn't sound so good. Okay, uh, big, big question. How is a regenerative model better? It's better because there will be less pesticides and fertilizers because pesticides and fertilizers are really bad for the environment and they just plain stink. So, yeah. <laughs> I okay, think it's great. And, and uh, like, how does that sort of work with rice? It, it's better if um, they, they, do, they use, like, more different types of crops. Okay, great. And what should they do to the, to the rice, like... Field. They should rotate the rice field so they could grow different things in the rice field and then the soil could be a lot healthier. Ah, uh, great. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well said, well said. All right, so how does the current production um, of rice negatively impact the planet? They have too many chemicals with fertilizer and pesticides. Okay. Uh, great. And, right, so big, big question here. How has what you've learned... Uh, influence the choices that you will make in the future. I think it's nice that people are learning about this so they know that how they could um, make the environment um, a lot healthier. Basically, um, what I'm going to try is when I buy new clothes for myself or my like as a gift for well, one of my family rice, members. Though, um, I am like cry. I will buy some. When I buy some rice for myself, I will get it from a farm where it's done properly instead of being flooded and, yeah. Great. Does anyone want to add to that about, uh, like, what are they going to do, the choices that you're going to make uh, when it comes to rice in the future? Well, I would buy rice where it's made properly, like, from China, so it doesn't have all the chemicals in it. Okay, great, great. All right, my last question, and it's the biggest one of all, is what is your hope for rice for the future? I hope that in the future, rice will be sustainably grown everywhere. Sustainable agriculture. Amazing. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Any final thoughts on rice or the future? Fiona, did you have anything? Um, the rice, I, I hope that rice is going to start being grown in a more sustainable way. Amazing. Okay. Blake, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Uh, in my opinion, I feel like it would just be better if rice were like grown in farms um, more often than just being put in fields because it's healthier and way better for the environment so the soil won't um, become unhealthy or damaged and won't work. Okay, so you want it to be grown in a way that it's just better for the soil, yeah, Blake? Yeah. All right, amazing. Thank you so much, Year Fives.
Okay, so now I'm here with some year five and six students to uh, have a chat all about wool. And um, my first question is, uh, what countries are, are really key and instrumental in the production uh, of wool? Um, well, one of the biggest producers are Australia and um, New Zealand, China, USA and the UK. Okay, great, great. And uh, could someone here describe the location? Like, what are the geographical terms for, for that area specifically? Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere and in the Tropic of Capricorn. And the Tropic of Capricorn runs right through the middle of Australia. Okay, great. And you're saying that that's a pretty key area to uh, for, for sheep? Yeah, because they're the biggest producers in the world. Great. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So my next question for, for one of you is, um, what climate conditions are needed to support its growth? They need space, water, and grass, and they need moderate temperatures. Okay. Very, very specific. I can tell we've done our research here. This is amazing. Right. Um, what are the potential risks with, uh, you know, uh, wool production on such a large scale? It will take up too much land. Okay, so sometimes it can take up way too much land and that's that can be uh, risky for the environment? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Um, okay, so next question is a really big one. And what, you know, what's the best kind of model for, for uh, producing wool better? Like, how can we, how can we do that? Well, you should shear them in the summer because if you shear them in the winter, they'll have no coat to keep themselves warm. Okay, great. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Or, okay, cool, cool. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> so um, so my next question is, how is the current production of wool, uh, how does that, or does it, negatively impact the planet? Rearing is not a harm to the planet, but... The production is wool. It uses 18% less energy and 70% less water than synthetic materials. But that, if you think about it, that's still a lot of energy and water. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, are there other materials that would be better, or is it still better than than some? Wool is better for the planet because synthetic materials biodegrade over two, over two hundred years. Two hundred? Okay, I didn't even know that. That's that's a long, long period of time. Okay, uh, moving on. Second last question is: um, How is what you've learnt about wool? How has that influenced the choices that you'll make in the future? Big, huge, world-ready question here. Um. Well. In shops, um, now it's more likely for me to buy like a, a, a wool jumper instead of like a synthetic piece of clothing. Okay, yeah, smart. Does anyone have anything to add on that? I would rather wear wool than synthetic materials because it puts plastic in the ocean. Smart, yeah, yeah, good thinking, good thinking. Okay, right, the final question then, probably the most important is, what's your hope for the future uh, in terms of in terms of uh, wool and say sheep. Abraham? I hope that people buy more wool products than synthetics and and that way less wool goes into landfill. That way like less uh, synthetics go into landfill? 
or like yeah. less yeah less uh, yeah. yeah less stuff takes up my info yeah. great great all right no 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 worries no worries all right does anyone else have any any kind of hopes for the future for this for this product uh maria I hope that people won't share sheep in the wrong times because if you share them in winter, what are they going to like wear? <laughs> True. Jake? I hope that more people buy wool shirts and jumpers um, instead of buying synthetic stuff. Great. Any final thoughts? All right. Thank you so much, Year 5 and 6s. So finally, I'm with uh, some year six students to talk about wheat, which is a really important topic at our school here. And uh, my question for you, uh, Louis, actually, is where does wheat originate from? Wheat originated in the Fertile Crescent. These countries that were part of it are now Iraq, Syria, Palestine, and Lebanon. Okay, great, great. And... Um, could one of us here describe the location? Like, what are the geographical terms for that area that's super important for wheat? Well, Mr. Tilden, um, the Fertile Crescent is partly in Asia and partly in Africa in the Northern Hemisphere and is above the Tropic of Cancer. All right, super specific. Okay, great. All right, moving on to the climate conditions now. So really, what are the climate conditions that are needed to support the, the growth of wheat? Well, we can grow wheat almost everywhere, in every continent, except Antarctica. It needs sun and rain. That means not too hot, but not a too cold weather. Okay, wonderful. And what are really the potential risks with growing um, wheat on, on a really large scale that we are doing so right now? Good question, Mr. Tilden. The potential risks are if you grow too much of something, in this case wheat, people come, become too dependent on it. And if it were to go away, that would be a huge problem. An example is Ukraine. They are one of the biggest producers of wheat, but because of their current situation, the production has decreased immensely. Hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting, especially for today, isn't it? Now, um... What we've been talking about in a lot of crews and uh, in a lot of our, our, our sustainability topics has been um, the regenerative model. So could someone here tell me how, how really is the regenerative model uh, for growing wheat better? The regener regenerative model is better because you grow wheat in, a, in strips with other crops it helps enrich the soil and provides nutrients for the wheat. Okay, brilliant. Thanks, Louie. All right, now, how does the current production of wheat um, actually, how can that negatively impact the planet? Growing wheat in the same spot and using fertilizers is destroying the soil. And because the soil is so bad, the wheat can't grow on its own. So it needs more fertilizers, making the soil even more damaged. Okay, right. Thorough, thorough. Thank you so much, Isla. Now, um, second to last question here, penultimate one, is how has what you've learned about wheat, how does that influence the choices that you will make in, in the future? Well, in our own school, we have our own wheat field, which is grown in a regenerative way. We also buy flour by our bread from Wild Farm that it has been made in a regenerative way as well. Not only we have a tasty bread, but it helped us in our world in our world to be healthier. Okay, interesting, great. And okay, now this one's for, for all of us here or anyone who really wants to tackle it. It's a big one, it's a big question, it's really important. And that is, what's your hope for the future of, of wheat? 
We hope everybody grows wheat in a regenerative way and makes the bread same as we do. It's better for you, better for the bread, and better for the world. Amazing. Thank you so much, Year Sixes. Thank you for tuning in to this extra special Radio Greenside episode all about our spring term crew learning in the world of food and fashion sustainability. For more information on how Greenside is paving the way for the future, especially the future of food, be sure to check out our Instagram at Greenside Primary School and the links in our bio, which feature a range of green initiatives and programs to educate our students and community on how to be sustainable. Because it's not just our spring term crew learning, it's our day-to-day practice at Greenside. most popular thing purchased in the UK. 12 million loaves a day we give our hard-earned money. Reclaim the future of food. Beef emits more than 30 times the amount of carbon per calorie. I want to live in a better world. But it's not just beef production. The way we produce crops, in particular wheat, corn, Monocrops like that has an effect on biodiversity. I would like to be sustainable. Listen to our voices. Reclaim the future of fashion. I want to live in a better world. Reclaim the future of food.